Welcome to the Metro Detroit Christian Church Podcast. Up next, you will hear a message delivered by one of our pastors or guest speakers. We pray that you encounter Jesus Christ as you engage with this message. So, we just had an amazing day yesterday. Day of power. Just really at some points really sensed great awakening power resting on us. So that's, um, that's a real honor and a responsibility to keep stewarding. So I'm, I know I'm going to be just really praying with Pastor Lisa and our pastoral team. Lord, where do we go from here? Once you're given a certain dispensation of power and anointing, you have to be responsible to hold that ground that you've been given. How many of you know that you don't mature unless you hold ground that you take, that you, you're given? If you're given, if you get victory over a sin, you get delivered from, you know, some demon or some chronic lifelong issue and, you know, you're all excited. Well, how many of you, how many of you know that it really takes long-term perseverance to hold that ground and sustain a place of authority over that sin pattern? It's the same with positive things from the Lord. So you can, you know, function, you know, the Lord, the Lord will open your ears and you can hear a prophecy or you see someone saved or delivered or healed through your words. That's one thing for that just to happen. It's another thing to, to learn the dynamics of how the, the, the Holy Spirit flows and occupy a place where that can happen consistently regularly through your life. You know, Jesus wasn't doing intermittent kind of, he wasn't just happening upon breakthroughs. There was a, a secret to his inner world that caused him to flow consistently in power. And we need to discover those secrets and learn how to, to walk in them, hold our ground. So we've been given something. And now we have to hold it, keep stewarding it. We have to fight off the vultures that want to steal this dimension from us. So I've asked our pastors, um, aren't this, they're the most amazing pastors in the United States. They are. Uh, I've asked them to each give us um, some reflections from the word and from the spirit of what they saw yesterday. For those of you who are, are, weren't here yesterday, um, <clears throat> we, just, we felt the Lord calling us to invite um, reformers from the state of Michigan, people in the political, conservative, grassroots movement, pastors, leaders, other believers, people who want to see a righteous future for the state of Michigan. And we felt the Lord gave us a word that he wanted us to release to that community of people. And we had 270, 80 people here. Uh, nearly 100, about 90 from outside of our church. And, uh, you know, many representatives of significant groups or organizations were present. So it was an honor to be able to facilitate the word and to see God move in power in their midst for them to see because that's their future whether they know it or not so so much happened in in that day and something that pastor Lisa and I do every single Wednesday with our pastors is we debrief out of what happens on our Sunday mornings you know, there's so, the nature of the word and the spirit is so multifaceted. There's so much nuance in it that it requires constant growth in discernment to understand the dimensions of what God is doing. And so this is an exercise we take them through every week, we, and we've done it for years because we're growing in discernment of that. What is the Lord saying? What is he doing? Where did we get it off? Where were we being religious? 
you know, where, you know, what, what was hindering, what was successful, who got touched, who needs prayer? You know, when you, when you, when you stand up here and you look out, you can see the people who need prayer. <laughs> it's really easy to see. And, and so we'll then pray for you. And we do this every single Wednesday. Well, today I felt like we needed to do like a corporate debrief. Because we are stewarding this great awakening. It's a body thing. So you need to grow in discernment about all that's happening. So um, we're just going to let them just um, debrief with you. Are you up for that? Are you ready to grow and learn? And who knows, the Holy Spirit just might show up once more time to release his power in you. Are you ready for that? Okay. So we're going to start out with Pastor Grandy and then Melissa and then John and Heather and Ryan and Shelly. We'll close this up. Pastor Grandy. Hello. Hello. Last night, Corey Shankleton shared with us out of Joel 2. And verse 2 stuck out to me. It says, A people come, great and strong, the like of whom has never been, nor will there ever be any such after them, even for many successive generations. And as he shared that, I was, it just kind of changed how I viewed that whole, that verse and that passage. Um, gave me a lot of freedom, actually from expectations or what I think it's supposed to look like and freedom to be what, what God is doing in me right now. Um, so as I meditated on this verse and what God did among us yesterday, I was reminded of a vision the Lord gave me after the last cross immersion and our day of power, our first day of power. Um, the Lord gave me a vision of a transformer toy. You guys know what a transformer toy is? Yeah, oh yeah, um, if you've ever played with one, you know that it makes little clicks and sounds as you change it from one mode to another, like from a robot to a car or a robot to a plane, right? It's, you can hear that. In the movies, it goes, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> I wasn't hearing that, though. <clears throat> I could hear those little clicks and sounds, so I knew there was a shift taking place. I knew God was taking hold of me and taking hold of us and changing us. I could sense his hand upon us. As I continued to look and hear the clicks and shifting, I had this sense of wonder come over me. And I said to myself, oh, I didn't know it could do that. I knew the other modes in the previous shifts, I knew robot to car. I knew robot to plane. I knew it was possible for robot to dinosaur. But what was this? God was changing us into something we didn't even know we could be. So yesterday, you have something to say? No, sorry. Oh, yes, Lord. So yesterday... As I listened to Pastor Pete and Pastor Lisa preach, and as I listened to the amazing testimonies, one thing that stuck out to me was the possibility for change. The possibility to be different. The things people preached and shared about sounded like they could be hopeless. Impossible situations and conditions that they could never get out of or never be delivered from. People would be stuck in those conditions for lives, for their whole lives, and pass it down to next generations, the following generations. That's what I could see at the beginning of these people's testimonies. But in each of the testimonies shared, God did a shift. He took hold of people's lives. Click, 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 click. And he delivered them from the spirits and the doctrines of this age. 
Praise you, God. He delivered them and their generations. It wasn't just one person who got delivered. It was generations down the line who don't have to deal with that stuff anymore. Wow. I saw in greater measure how the spirit of God is greater than the spirit of this age. And how God sends the power of the cross and Christ crucified to undo the wisdom of this age. That is the solution to the spirit of the age that is saturating our culture. Christ and him crucified still and always. Uh, Pastor Pete ended our night last night reiterating something that Corey said. He said, our nature comes from Jesus. Therefore, we will always be changing. And I thought, well, I thought God was never changing. But he said, get that religious demon out of here because you don't know Jesus. And as long as you continue to know him, you will change because you'll get a new revelation of him. You will change. So God defined us yesterday. And in defining us, he said, only I can define you. In his defining us, I saw that the definition he gives us can and will change. I'm not who I was. I've got, I was saved. I've been saved almost 20 years now. I'm not that guy. I came to MDCC 15 years, 17 years ago. I'm not that guy. I'm not who I was three years ago. I'm not who I was last year. I change because, I'm sorry, I'm way ahead of myself here. <laughs> his definition, which comes by his word, both written and prophetic, is according to his own nature. He gives a word and it creates something in you, just like creation. That's how it works. How are you going to change? By your own strength and striving? No, you're going to change by receiving a word from God. That's the pattern from creation, and you're a created thing. So when the word of God gets released to you, change starts happening to you. So when we get changed and God releases a word, it's according to his own nature. This is why Corey prayed that we would know the totality. Say totality. totality. What a great word. We would know the totality of Christ's love and Christ's person. Because as we know Christ, we will know ourselves. Colossians 3, 4 says, when Christ, who is your life, appears in glory, you also will appear in glory. That's not just a God, Jesus being nice. You can just be there with me. That's not it. Don't put that off into the second coming of when Jesus appears in glory. That's not what it is. It's he's, when he shows up and, and reveals an aspect of glory of himself, you start getting defined. And something gets released to you where you start being revealed in glory. That is exciting to me because I, I know I cannot make myself any more glorious not that I'm so glorious as it is, but <laughs> I can't bring that upon my life. But I know that if he gets revealed and he shows up, I'm going up in glory. Yeah. That is so good. That's why I like to lead worship because it's going to do something for me. Jesus, you got glorified. That means I'm going to show up too. What a great exchange. And we do not fully yet know Christ. But in his mercy and loving kindness, something I saw on display during the time of repentance. And wait, I might, wait, something's weird. Oh, but we do not yet fully know Christ. But in his mercy and loving kindness, which is something that I saw on display last after, afternoon when people are getting delivered, yeah. that was mercy and loving kindness of God yeah. that people could repent and experience deliverance. I praise God for that. 
God is continuing to reveal more and more of himself and give more and more of himself to us. That's what happened yesterday. All those different things, all that, those facets. Yeah, we praise and we worship. We're dancing. We're worshiping. And, you know, we're on your, maybe you're on your face. Your arms are lifted. That's God revealing himself. And when someone's on the ground getting deliverance, repenting, turning, that is God revealing himself and giving himself to you, something is being offered in those times. That's why it's important to not just go into observation mode at that time. Something's being given to the corporate body. You have an opportunity to be revealed with Christ in that time. Through the power released to us yesterday, we have been given the freedom. Say freedom. Freedom. You've been given the freedom and have been given the audacity. Say audacity. You can be audacious. You have, you have permission from God to be free and for permission from God to be audacious, to be bold, to be co- sort of crazy. To be a people who are great and strong, the like of whom have never been, nor will there ever be such after us. Not because we're so wonderful or because we did this or that, but because he's transferring his nature to us and because he is creating a specific people with a specific nature for a specific time. By power, God released us from bondage and from the curse that comes from the spirit and wisdom of this age. And we have now received power to be something different. To say, oh, I didn't know I could do that. And then be that thing that God has defined us to be according to the nature of the Son of Man. If you have this thing inside that says, let transformation continue to work in me. I just want to encourage you to stand up and I'm just issuing this to any of our guests as well. If you, you want God to be transforming you, let Pastor Grandy just pray for you right now. Yes, Lord, we, we receive your word to us. We receive your power. That's still working even though our bodies are weak. Our bodies are weak but your power continues to flow. We receive your transfer the transfer of your nature. We receive you appearing in glory, that we would appear in glory with you, not by concept, but by actual change in our lives, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We glorify you. We praise you. We receive your nature right now. Go ahead and receive something with your spirit hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Speak a word to us, Lord. We receive your word. Yes. Thank you for the shifts and the clicks. Let us be aware of those shifts and clicks. And let us say yes. We say yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. What a powerful day yesterday. I'm grateful for our apostles, Pastor Pete and Pastor Lisa, because they carry... They carry around this life with them, and because we're their disciples, it's, there's a direct flow down. So Pastor Lisa preached yesterday out of Luke 2, and the sword that would pierce Mary's own heart, and it led us into a time of powerful repentance that could only come from God. That was Christ-initiated repentance. And I had spent the last three weeks carrying around this sword because it was a direct flow from her life to me. So, I heard yesterday that we're carrying the charter for a new nation. I was reliving this passage from Hebrews 4, 12 through 16, for three weeks. Pastor Lisa and I had a couple discussions about how we were both experiencing this sword. The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division, 
goes through the soul, the intents of the heart. So in 16, it says, so let us fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need, appropriate help, like well-timed help coming just when we need it. That this was, I felt this was encompassed what you preached yesterday. So let me show you why I needed this sword and what led to the day of power and what I see us receiving. As I read this passage, I was seeing myself approach the throne of grace with something in my left hand. It was a piece of paper, but it was fleshy and it was alive, like a heart. And it was folded slightly and it had a white quill pen, so I knew it was meant to be written on. I thought, what is this? And then I heard Jesus say from this verse in 1 Corinthians 2, for I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. I said, Lord, what am I carrying? Is it flesh? Is it a heart? Is it a folded piece of paper? I heard Jesus say again, I determined to know nothing. Be set apart for this. So I'm standing here holding this piece of paper, but it's alive and it's living and it's a heart. And it, I realized it was a living epistle. As Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3, you are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ ministered by us, not with ink, but by the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is of the heart. This paper was alive. It was a heart. And I was wondering, what do I do with it? What's next? I heard Jesus say again, I resolved to know nothing. I said, Lord, what do I do with this paper? What do I do with this? It, it feels like it's me, but it feels like it's us. It, what do I do? And he said, trade everything you know in for a new one. Like even the epistle you've been. Trade it all in. Sell it all again. Trade it in for a new one. And I said, what is this? He said, this is the charter for a new nation. I'm like, how can this be a living epistle and yet be my life and our lives and still be a charter for a nation? And he said, I am sprinkling you. I am sprinkling fresh blood over you. I'm washing you from all the teachings and all the ways you read the scriptures, how you imagine I will do things. Give your body over to me for a complete rewiring of the deepest parts of your nature and let me take my sword to you. Let me reconstitute you. Let me renew your mind so that you resolve, like me, to know nothing. I desire to give you a complete and internal rewiring and reconfiguring. I will blast away all the wrong expectations that come from imaginations and earthly man's thinkings about how I accomplish things based on self-preservation and comforts of the era that just ended in America and the American church. Say to me like Jacob, I won't go until you bless me with this. Put a demand on my power to save you by an overhaul and make a clear pathway to receive my instructions. Joshua had to let go of everything. He had to let go of the way I led Moses in order to step into the new way. I'm accomplishing, that I was accomplishing things for them in the promised land. He had to let it go. I heard Jesus say again, I resolved to know nothing. Let me delete every file that would keep you from hearing the new charter. Cast your cares on me. Roll and repose them on me. See the paper. This is a living epistle being held in the hands of you as a people. I've, I've heard your question. What do we do from here, Lord? Take this epistle to yourselves. I'm laying my hands on your minds. Submit your whole mind, and I will delete the files of what was. Determined to know nothing so that you can hear everything, see everything, to be clearly given vision, real vision, real apostolic vision, to see, hear, and know things. After this encounter, I spent the next three weeks 
with a double-edged sword stuck straight through my chest. This sword was well-timed help right when I needed it. I saw every flaw in my personality. I saw every incompetence. I was reminded of every one of my failures as a human being, and I felt my utmost incapability. I was undone. My utter disqualification outside of the blood. I knew, and I still know, I am poor, pitiful, blind, and naked. And this drove me straight to the cross for an encounter. My death with Christ was my only solution. Nothing else would bring me relief. Nothing else worked. It actually became my obsession every day. And as I cooperated with this testing and trying, I started to realize that suddenly, out of nowhere, I stopped remembering the stress of last year. I had freed up space inside. I loved deeper. I may have learned a lot last year. We might have fought through a lot last year, but I'm not even conscious of it. It's gone. I don't know anything but Christ and him crucified right now and my complete and desperate need for him as my only solution. This experience of his, his death in my physical body, like I needed to feel the solution in my body and I was desperate for it. And this meets my deepest need for freedom from my old man. Jesus said to me and assured to me, this is the kind of living epistle that is the charter for a new nation. So, my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive words of wisdom, Paul said, but they were in a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power, a proof by the Spirit and power of God operating on me, stirring in the minds of my hearers the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. That persuades them. We have been deeply acquainted with our death with Christ. We have to be fresh. We need it fresh. Flat as a pancake. (laughs) Free from our own qualifications, assumptions, agendas to hear something from Christ that will actually work in our members and then stir in the minds of our hearers the most holy emotions and persuade them. This is the only way to be a disciple and make disciples. And this will be the charter for a new nation. I want that. How about you? Not what people think they need is their salvation. Not what I think needs to save a nation. But Christ crucified is the only desperate solution for a generation. Let's offer our bodies today. Let's be a willing sacrifice today. As painful as it is, let's run at the sword of Hebrews 4.12 that Pastor Lisa preached about. Like, fillet me open, Lord. Let's go to the throne of grace and turn to the Lord. Let him run us through with this sword. Let him go to the deepest parts of our personalities. Let him reconstitute us again. I couldn't take my old constitution with me. Painfully aware of that. Don't be afraid of the purification process. Quickly agree with your enemy. Yep, that's exactly who I am without Christ. Christ will give us the well-timed help we need purify us, make us living epistles of his resolve to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Make our hearts the charter for a new nation. Disciples that carry your death, be this charter with me. Be ruined again for power. Lord, we open up to the freshly slain life of the Lamb. It is the only hope. This is the only thing that will work. This is the only thing that rids us of our old man, and it's the only way forward. We resolve, like you, we hear you, Jesus. We resolve to know nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, to be acquainted with nothing and be conscious of nothing uh, except for the solution that you bring on a daily basis for our failure and our complete inability of being powerful or having persuasive words. We need your cross more than ever before. We need your solution of death more than ever before. Make us the people that carry your death all day long so that life can rip out in a nation. Give this to us. 
Make us people who run at the sword. Who hear preaching on repentance and say, preach it again to me. This hurt bad. Preach it again. Fillet me open again. Make us people who love repentance. Who live in it. To be brand new every day. Christ being our only solution. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Powerful. Thank you. All right, continuing with more words that the Apostle Paul wrote in his letters to the church in Corinth, which is what Pastor Melissa was quoting from there, speaking from. It says, we heard this yesterday, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. We preach Christ crucified. And we preach Christ who is the power of God and the wisdom of God. That's it. That's it. As Pastor Melissa was saying, we're resolved to know nothing. If we we know something else, we don't know anything at all. Because this is the wisdom of God and the power of God. Is in Christ and Him crucified. So if we lose that, we've lost everything. So whatever is next, and, and as, as Pastor Melissa was, was, was speaking in, in it prophetically as to what that, what that looks like in the, in the spirit, it's, it's to know him and him crucified and to know nothing else. This, it's the only answer for us and for our state and for our nation. Because what we are experiencing in this state, and this is what I, you know, to reflect on what I was what I was hearing, what I was receiving, what I was seeing, what we are experiencing in this state and in this nation is the prince of the power of the air at work. It's in the air. It's the same old ancient spirit of idolatry and sexual boundarylessness that has, it all sounds so modern. Right? It all sounds so wonderfully progressive. Right? As if, oh, we've never done this before. <laughs> right? It, as if it's all so new and, oh, so, you know, so freeing. And yet it is the same ancient deception that's been deceiving men for millennia. Time and time again with different words, with different names, with different gods, but the same boundaryless, throwing off godlessness, throwing off of God. But the spirit of the world will not be driven out by espousing conservative values, by espousing love of family love of nation. It will not be driven out by conservative political activism. This is what hit me like a two by four yesterday, that the spirit of the world will only be driven out by the spirit of God. Let me say that again. The spirit of the world will only be driven out by the Spirit of God. Nothing else. Not by might, nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, not the power of men, but the power of the Spirit of God. This is the only way. That was the only way for rebuilding Jerusalem. And it's the only way for rebuilding our nation is a move of the Spirit of God, not by our might, 
or by our power or by our wisdom or our, by our activism. Hearts will only be changed because of a move of God. Revival that brings repentance is the only hope for salvation. This was, this was powerfully demonstrated by the testimonies. I so loved the testimonies yesterday. Thank you for everyone who spoke yesterday. These godless and deceptive philosophies are in the air. They are taught. They are indoctrinated into our children so that we have a whole generation for whom those philosophies are not just right. They are righteous. And in each testimony that was spoken, it was of be, that being driven out by meeting Jesus in power and by being discipled in the truth together. This is the future. That is the future of our nation. The future of our nation is meeting Jesus in power and being discipled into the truth. And we also experienced the taste of what the answer from God looks and sounds like. It was repentance coming to that generation with cries of anguish and deliverance. That is our hope. That is the sound that we desire more of. And if, for, for that, we, if we look and see what, is, what does the future look like, what's in store for us, that is a glimpse, I believe, of what salvation looks like. For us. Revival, you know, I, I, when I got saved as a teenager and I heard stories of revival, I used to, I, I, some, somehow you take on this idea revival is something just God sends. Revival isn't just something that God sends. It isn't just something you just sit back and, and wait for God to send revival and then everything's going to be okay. That is not how it happens. Revival, there's always an action. There's a catalyst. There's a touch point from heaven to earth through a person or through a group of people. That's how revival comes. And as Pastor Grandy was speaking there about talking in Joel 2, coming in a way that's never been seen before or going to be seen again. That, I believe, is a key for us. Because if we're looking back to how revivals were or we how think they should be, we're going to miss it. Revival is going to come through you and me as we've never seen it before. Yesterday, Eric described the German church before World War II and how there was one-sixth of the churches that were awake to the evil in the Nazi regime and an equal number who were positively supportive of the Nazis. But even more significantly, about two-thirds of the churches just stayed quiet. Two-thirds of the churches did nothing at all. And so that we don't miss that, let me just make it crystal clear. In America today, we have the same situation. There are churches and mainline denominations that actively embrace progressive doctrines. Homosexuality. Gender fluidity. Systemic racism and Marxist ideas of oppression. These are actively embraced by churches in America. A majority of churches say nothing at all. And all the while, the next Generation is breathing in the spirit of the world, the spirit of the air. That what is just in the atmosphere, they're just breathing it in all the time. And the majority of churches are just staying silent. I believe there is a move of the spirit that is coming upon our state and our nation. Let me say that again. There is a move 
of the Spirit that is coming upon our state and our nation. And God will use our church. He will use our pastors. He will use school of formation. He will use you to light fires across this state. I believe churches will be set on fire in this state this year. They will be equipped to make disciples and reform government, to be a governing body. Young people who have rejected the church will return by a sovereign move of God. And we will preach Christ crucified. And we will preach Christ who is the power of God and the wisdom of God and the spirit of the world will be driven out by the spirit of God. God, do this. Do this. I thank you that you are going to do that this year. You're going to do it through us. You're going to light fires through us this year. You're going to set churches on fire this year. They are going to speak out. They're going to speak up. And you're going to put your spirit upon them, drive out the spirit of the world. Thank you, God. That's a very significant um, word that Pastor John just gave us. And there's um, a few people here that um, you have been on the fence on being fully in, in MDCC. We can't just we cannot just hear what we just heard and not own it. So we just heard. We just heard. So one of the one of the problems of charismatic churches is getting excited and agreeing, but failing to see the lifestyle that is required to meet God. The power is being promised to us. But now we have to rise and say, yes, we will be the instruments. And that means we will all change. Our whole church will change. I feel, the, I feel this sword in me right now. And you know, I, I believe the Lord wants to have an altar call, but not... Not that an altar call, because any altar call we do, you all come forward. <laughs> We're not doing that one. <laughs> we'll have plenty of those in, in, in days to come. But the, there's some who, who you've, you've not owned being a servant in this house you, you haven't said, I'm, I'm going to put my, the weight of my life into this. So this is coming on us. When, when, when that great awakening power hit yesterday afternoon, I said, oh my gosh, you are all going to die. Not just me. I've already died a thousand deaths. You're going to die if we're going to hold this. And for... And, if you die, you will be the instrument of that power. If you don't die, you won't be the instrument of that power. You're just going to be a religious observer. And this is just to a, a, a select group of you. The Lord wants you to actually say, if it's in your spirit, you, this is resonating with you and the spirit. I don't want to pressure you and the flesh. If the spirit is saying, yeah, that's you. And I'm calling you to be in and serve, be a part, die with this people. We're going to die as a people because <laughs> that is the solution, death. He's saying, the Spirit's putting in you, I want to die with this people and come off the fence out of being an observer. I want to be an instrument of the power baptized into a people. And we're going to give you an opportunity to come forward in a minute. Well, I just wanted to share um, that we are in the midst of a great awakening. Yes. 
you know, we, how many of you have prayed for revival and great awakening? Yeah, all of us have. And um, it's a regular prayer of ours, and as ours as a, as a um, pastoral team, some point every Wednesday, it seems like we pray about it. And often in war room, we're praying about this. Wednesday, well, let me just read you the scripture here. Well, Wednesday, how many of you saw the fog? It was incredibly thick. I don't know if you had opportunity to drive in the fog. I did. Um, like, I could not see even a quarter of a mile ahead. Like, I was, I was surprised. It was like... Um, it was like London no, fog. I say some London fog sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like... I was like from... From in my car, like from here to the corner and the back walls of the corner, I could not see the cars that were stopped there, like with their, their lights and stuff. It's like you couldn't see it. And as I'm, as I'm driving through this fog, I hear this scripture. It's talking about when Jesus ascended into heaven. Now when he had spoken these things, they watched and he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they stood looking steadfastly toward heaven, where he had went up, behold, two men, we know they're angels, stood by them in white apparel and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing upward into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you will come in like manner as you saw him go up to heaven. And I started hearing, I was hearing the scripture as I'm driving along in the fog, and then I hear that, the song um, about, he's coming in the clouds, kings and kingdoms will bow down. And instantly I knew that we are, I mean, I just knew it's here. And I, I came Yes. To, to staff prayer. And I said, we are in the midst of a great awakening. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's not something that is, yeah. I mean, what, is it, you know, what, is it, what does it look like right at the beginning of a great awakening? This is what it looks like at the beginning of a great awakening. Yeah. So it's like, it's like <laughs> I, I am not praying anymore for a great awakening. Yeah. No. I am thanking God that the great awakening is upon us. So, I just want to announce that to you. We are in a great awakening. Thank you, God, for this great awakening. And, if, and, and God, when I, was, when I was praying yesterday, make us a pile of dry kindling to light your match. That is happening. And so I just want to um, reiterate what Pastor Pete was saying because, you know, if you're a piece of kindling and whoo, you're going to die yeah. in, this, in this conflagration that is going to come up. And it's happening. And if you're around the edges, and, and I think this is what your call was, if you're around the edges and you are wanting yeah. to be to be with us as we steward this great awakening. Yeah. Would you say a blessing? Um, we're going to continue this debrief next week. I believe this is what the Lord wanted to do today. Can you say a blessing? And I want to encourage you to, to move into a spirit of prophecy right now, Pastor John, and bless these members that have have identified this is their placement, but also bless the families of this body. Yes, God. Yeah, let's all stand. Spirit of God, you are already moving. 
you are already here. I thank you for what you've already done. And I thank you for everyone that came forward to, to say yes. Count me in. I am all in. Use me. Put me on your altar. Burn me up. I am your kindling. I am, your, I am to be burnt up by you. God, these are prayers you, you do not ignore. These are prayers that you do not despise. These are prayers that turn your heart. These are prayers that you respond to. These are prayers that you say, yes, yes, yes. Come in, come in, come in. I know you. I know your name. I know who you are. I will always know you and I will declare your name before my Father. I said I will declare your name before my Father. This is the blessing of God upon your life that God says I know you. Jesus says I know you. And He is pouring out so much blessing upon generation, upon generation that's going to come out from you. In the natural and in the spirit. The Lord says, I will pour out so much blessing upon you and upon every generation that comes out of you. This is the response of the Father who sees you coming from far off. And for every step you take, He takes 10. He takes 100. He takes 1,000 to multiply your kindling into the biggest fire that you have ever seen in your life. This is the blessing of God upon those who says yes to Him. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope that you enjoyed wrestling with the Word and the Spirit as you engaged with this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.metrodetroit.org. And have a great week.